Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Industry Focus. LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on who they really are, their skills, interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities. For $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash fool. That's linkedin.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It is Friday, October 12th, and we're talking about one of the biggest tech IPOs of 2018 and why investors are going to have to wait just a little bit longer for it. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, what's up? Not too much. (laughs) We have done a lot of shows on the blank of China. Uh, We have another business that we are going to be talking about today that fits that bill, uh, and that is Tencent Music. Right, so you could call it the Spotify of China, but you could also call it the Twitch of China. So both kind of, you know, fit that, you know, fit that fun little of China <laughs> and, <laughs> that everyone and loves to do. You you allude to that there. There's kind of a hybrid business model that we'll get into. Some of it is going to be very familiar to people that follow Spotify and the streaming music space. Some of it is going to be very familiar to people that follow the Twitch and gaming space here. Um, but it is a fun one for us. Uh, this is a company that was supposed to be going public relatively soon. More on that later. Those plans have changed. But it is the largest online music platform in China. Over 800 million mobile active users across its four properties. Um, and you mentioned it's the Spotify of China. Kind of. You know, we, we have this conventional streaming content approach, and this is music, video, studio, live music recordings. And that all happens within some of these portfolio products they have, the QQ Music, Kugo Music, Kuo Music platforms. And, and it looks a lot like Spotify, Evan. Right, and I would also mention that you know, at 800 million users, that also makes them not only the biggest service in China, but also the world. I mean, if you compare that, you know, their online music, they have about 650 million users, um, of which 25 million are paid. So, for reference, Spotify has 100 million free users, 85 million paid. Apple Music, of course, has no free tier, so they only have a paid version, which they have 40 million. So, Tencent Music is enormous in terms of the user base. And this is the part of the model that will feel familiar to most folks. It's paid subscriptions, digital music sales, and online advertising. They also have something that is quite a bit different than when what we think of uh, with the online music space, and that is their social entertainment services. And when I think of this, it's primarily the WeSing platform that they have. Right. So this is things like karaoke and other live music performances. <clears throat> and you know, Tencent Music mentioned in their F1 registration statement that the Chinese market for live you know, offline music performances has always been very small because it hasn't been very accessible compared to in the U.S. where, you know, here we like to go out and see shows and go see bands. Pretty pretty common. It's a pretty big industry here. But over there, the market is just so small. So that's created this kind of alternative market of, you know, people want a demand for live live streaming online performances instead. And as for what this experience looked like, uh, it's video sharing, it's karaoke parties, it's virtual karaoke rooms, and I think even some duets with celebrities, kind of unlike anything we have here in the United States, but very similar if you port over to the gaming side of things and think about Twitch and the idea of kind of this shared experience, even though it's a digital experience, kind of doing video game walkthroughs with people and watching people play. Um, and the monetization for this type of business is very similar to Twitch. Uh, it's paid subscriptions, it's gifts, it's kind of online um, mini payments the way you would almost have with a video game. 
Right. So on Twitch, you know, people might be more familiar with how Twitch works, which is predominantly, you know, video games and esports where yeah, you're, you're streaming, you're live streaming yourself playing a game and you have these viewers that will contribute cash donations as well as, you know, like you mentioned, these virtual gifts or pay subscriptions to their channels. So basically, instead of just video games over in Asia, they have all sorts of different types of ways to create this entertainment with these live streaming platforms. Like, for example, in Korea, we were talking about it. People in Korea like to watch people eat. <laughs> like people live streaming themselves eat um, in China, it's karaoke, you know, and, and, and other live music performances. And this is not a small portion of the pie for Tencent Music. In 2017, 71% of the company's top line came from the virtual gifts and premium membership segment, which is to say that 30% came from the streaming music operations that are familiar to us when we think Spotify. Um, which, which is just a very different model than what I think a lot of people are expecting when they hear the Spotify of China. Right. I mean, the, the, the business is really built on this, you know, social entertainment as part of the business. Uh, as we've talked about before with Spotify, I mean, they have to pay these huge royalty costs or unprofitable, but Tencent Music is very profitable. They had about a 20% net margin in the first half of the year. And to put some more numbers to it, like the social entertainment user side, they have about 230 million uh, users, of which 10 million pay. And if you look at the average revenue per user on each, on each side of this business, on the music side, converted roughly from yuan, it's about a dollar and twenty-seven cents on the music side. Uh, average revenue per user on the social entertainment side is sixteen dollars and twenty-eight cents. So that's almost thirteen times greater than the music side. And th- we're talking about half as many users on the social entertainment side, contributing, as you mentioned, seventy percent of revenue. So it's just a huge, huge business for them on that part of it. Right. When when we started doing our digging on this company, I was thinking, okay, here comes another high-growth platform tech company, it's not going to be profitable. And the thing I was most immediately struck with was $1.6 billion in revenue uh, and a profit. Uh, and so, $240 million in profit in 2017. So far, for the first half of 2018, uh, the company's put up $1.3 billion in sales and already topped their 2017 net income figure. Uh, this business scales a lot better and a lot more immediately than what we see here in the U.S. with Spotify. Right. I mean, the cost structure is just totally different. You know, if you look at Spotify's numbers, so, you know, 70, 80% of their revenue goes towards royalty costs. And on, on for Tencent Music, I would imagine their music business is roughly the same since they also have to have similar licensing agreements. But on the social entertainment side, which as we've been talking about is much bigger, your main costs are like revenue sharing agreements with your content creators um, and things like that. So you don't have as much royalty burden. It's rare to get a bundle of high growth company, profitable still a pretty big growth runway in front of it. Uh, It seems like that's what we have here, but I think it's kind of important to understand what's going on and where the growth levers really lie for this company. So, when I look at their growth figures, you know, about 650 million monthly active users on the online music services. You mentioned before just over 200 million monthly actives on social entertainment. The growth rates for them have been relatively low as of the most recent quarters. Uh, for the online music services, it's the low single digits. I believe social entertainment was somewhere around 14% year over year recently. Um, we think about the 1.4 billion number for the Chinese markets, um, but but I still think that a lot of this has been realized already. I think there's already some market saturation happening with their user base. I do think that in the longer term, I think that they still do have plenty of upside because internet penetration in China is still around this forty percent level. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, one point four billion total you know population in China, and you know, I think the total 
internet users in the, in the country are somewhere in the, around 800 million. So you still have hundreds of millions of people that have yet to get online. Uh, how fast that happens, of course, is a little bit harder to predict. But I do think over the long term, uh, they should have no shortage of people, of users to you know, keep getting onto this platform. Yeah, and that, that's definitely more of a short-term outlook for me. You know, it's like next couple of years, I think, for the most part, a lot of the growth that we see with them, particularly on the top line, is going to be driven by its existing user base. And right now, uh, their pay rate among users is very low. 3.6% uh, pay for online music services, 4.2% pay for social entertainment services. Uh, that's a huge opportunity for them, but I think it also speaks to kind of the customer expectation and the dynamic. Both of those rates have been growing over time, but they are low when you consider the overall base of users they have. One quick note that I think is worth acknowledging is that the way that they report their paying users is they only count people that have subscriptions. So, like if you have a, an a la carte purchase of some digital music, they actually don't count you as a paying user, even though you actually are paying, obviously. So, it is something interesting there in how they report it. So, just another thing for investors to, to keep an eye on. And that is why you have to read the prospectus, Evan. Great point there. Um, I, I think looking at these numbers, the challenge for them is going to be getting more users to pay for the service and getting users to pay more once they are paying for the service. And so that is their average revenue per paying user number. Um, it has generally been up on the social entertainment side. Streaming music has been all over the place for them uh, on an ARPU basis. I'm not really sure what's going on there. there, there there's been no consistency on a year-over-year -year or sequential basis in terms of growth. Right. I mean, there's generally speaking, I mean, a lot of Chinese consumers... You know, they have this part of the mentality is they don't really like paying for things online. But I think when you talk about the entertainment experience part of it, I think there is a greater propensity to actually open up their wallets and you know and contribute to these performers that are actually providing entertainment to them. So I do think it is, you know, a pretty stark contrast, and you can see it played out in the ARPU numbers too. All right, we're going to talk through some of the other big strengths that Tencent Music has going for it, and why the company decided to delay the IPO. Before we do, though, a quick word from our supporter LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. That's why it's so important to find the right person. But where do you find that individual? LinkedIn. When I'm looking for subject matter experts and trying to track down people that can speak to a specific space, LinkedIn is the first place that I turn to, and it's clear why. LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network, but it's also a great place to find talent, and it's clear why. Folks are already ready and waiting. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn, and it's easy to find quality candidates. Businesses rank LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. You post to job boards and hope that you find the right person for your job, but think about it. How often do you check job boards? For most people, it's a pretty occasional thing. But there's a place where people go daily to explore job opportunities. In fact, 70% of the U.S. workforce is there, like I mentioned, and that is LinkedIn. You already know it as the world's largest professional network. Well, it's also a great place to find talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. You can do the same by going to linkedin.com fool for $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com fool. Terms and conditions apply. So, Evan, as the company name might suggest, uh, Tencent Music has a pretty big strategic partner as it looks at the mobile space in China. Right, so they're owned by parent company Tencent, which you know owns about sixty percent, I think fifty eight percent of outstanding shares. So they're obviously going to control, uh, have majority control, pretty much determine the strategic direction of this company. You have company insiders owning another eight percent, 
and then you also have Spotify owns about 9% of this company uh, because Spotify and Tencent Music did an equity swap in December of 2017 so where they exchange stock for you know in, for positions in each other so they can also advise each other on strategic matters they can learn from each other give each other tips and you know uh, so between all that that's about 75% of all shares that are going to be locked up by these entities which means that you know whenever the start the stock actually goes public and starts trading your float is going to be 25% or less yeah, and, and this kind of gives them a lot of different strengths, right? It gives them some stability. It has a lot of people that are really bought into the success of the business. And I think in the case of Tencent, I mean, it gives them access to this massive platform. They have, I think, over a billion monthly active users uh, on its apps. And, um, you know, having access to that from a strategic perspective, access to the social graph there and kind of understanding some of the user data on that side will be incredibly beneficial for them as they're trying to grow their user base. Right, so they definitely will have all these different types of cross-selling, cross-advertising, cross-promotion, all sorts of things. Because Tencent owns WeChat, which is just enormous and like completely ubiquitous in China. Like it's everywhere, and being able to really tie into those services, I think, is a huge advantage. And and just within the space, we touched on it before, but it's worth kind of bolding and underlining. It is the largest platform in the market when you compare or when you combine all of its apps users. Um, you know, it's also the largest in the world. You know, to your Spotify comparison earlier, not on the paying side, but in just its general presence. Uh, and the users are highly engaged. Every daily active user spends an average of 70 minutes per day on the platform. Uh, that's engagement that is pretty hard to match. So I think there are a lot of really good things going for this business right now. I like it actually a lot more than Spotify, which I actually own stock in. But there's a lot of things that I do like about this business and the way the numbers that they're putting up already. Now, of course, with all of those strengths, um, there were some concerns about market volatility recently. You know, we've had some pretty big sell-offs, particularly in the tech space. And so this was an IPO that was slated to happen uh, at some point in the next few weeks, and it, and it seemed like the book building was in process pretty much. Uh, recent news indicates that that's going to be delayed a bit. Right, so the you know, markets have been pretty chop- choppy over the past couple of weeks, particularly with the massive sell-off that you mentioned this week that wiped out like three or four months of gains in the major indices. And yeah, tech took it pretty hard, especially. But there's been some concerns about rising interest rates, etc. Uh, so now Tencent reportedly wants to wait a little bit longer to go public, at least until November, even though it already filed its F1 registration statement at the beginning of October. It was previously expected to do a roadshow as early as next week and then go public by the end of the month. But you know, if you think about it. It makes sense because this was going to be one of the biggest IPOs of 2018 value in the company at somewhere between 25 and $30 billion. Uh, that's a pretty huge valuation, especially for a Chinese company going public in the U.S. And the size of that deal could be a risk, specifically as it relates to the IPO pricing, because IPOs are priced based in part on investor demand. And if all this recent volatility has dampened the market's appetite for risky stocks, and all IPOs are fundamentally very risky, then you can see how they'd be a little bit worried that if there's not enough demand, the pricing could get hurt, and then that kind of ruins your your, your positive headlines and big press and celebration of being this huge deal. Yeah, it is not uh, unprecedented for a big IPO to be delayed, and this is something we've seen in the past before. Um, to your point earlier about you know this being a pretty appealing offering, I, I'm with you. I think that this is a, a very interesting stock to watch, and, and certainly a company that I am interested in. Um, you know, you look at that valuation range that they were targeting, twenty-five to thirty billion. Uh, you know, that puts them at something in the neighborhood of uh, what ten times sales, give or take. You know, if they if they continue on the run rate that they've been on the first half of twenty eighteen, um, and they're already profitable, uh, the the pra- the path to long term profitability, the path to 
them kind of being a successful, sustainable business is already there. It's not something that you have to bet on. And it seems like there's still a lot of growth built into this business. Yeah, it, I'm definitely interested. I'm not sure what I'm going to do quite yet, but I mean, it actually makes me very curious about Twitch. You know, I mean, Amazon bought Twitch several years ago for like a billion dollars, and before they really had a lot of these monetization strategies in place. So I'm very curious of how big the Twitch business has grown for Amazon, but Amazon doesn't really disclose anything about Twitch. And when you see the success of Tencent Music, which, as we've mentioned, is kind of this hybrid model between Twitch and Spotify, with the, the vast majority of the money coming from the live streaming side, it makes you wonder about how you know how this Twitch business is going for Amazon too. Yeah, we might actually have to do a show on Huya down the road, which is kind of considered the Twitch of China. Um, that is a a comp for Twitch and maybe a little bit of an insight into what's going on on the books there. I guess that will be our next blank of China show, Evan. <laughs> There's no shortage of blanks of China. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep them coming, uh, Evan. Thanks for hopping on this show. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at mfindustryfocus. As of this week, you can also find all of these podcast segments on YouTube. Check them out at youtube.com slash themotleyfool. If you're looking for more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows over at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Rick Engdahl for all his work behind the glass today. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.